0: Welcome back friends to another episode of Exploring the Seasons of Life, a podcast for women with a big heart on a spiritual journey. My name is Cindy McMillan. Do you ever feel like you're waiting on a permission slip to live the life you want? If you answered yes, then you are in the right spot. Each week I interview coaches and spiritual explorers from all walks of life about beginnings, endings, and the messy bits in between self-love, well-being, and mindset are at the heart of our conversation because once you change the inside, the outside will begin to change as well. In this episode of Exploring the Seasons of Life, we are chatting about four self-care practices for our spiritual life. I'm really excited to share with you today my conversation with Lydia Noor. Lydia has more than 25 years in the health and wellness industry. Formerly as a registered dietitian and currently as a healthy lifestyles coach, her signature program, Discovering You, Your Own Uniqueness, is centered around empowering people to turn inward, establish, and align with their personal core values and honor their own set of best practices so they can live in a way that feels authentic, purposeful, and fulfilling. Welcome back to the podcast, Lydia. I'm so excited you're here to be part of this self-care series called self-care is more than a buzzword, it's personal.
1: Thank you for having me back, Cindy. I just, I love aligning with like-minded souls and, you know, yeah, you know, I, I'm so looking forward to to the topics you want to cover today because I know there are so many people who are going to be able to grab hold of these little nuggets that we have to share. And And if I can just say the, First thing you said when you started your introduction was about giving yourself permission. So key in self-care. And I think that's something that we could talk about probably for the next hour. But I'd love to jump into what you want to ask first. And if we have time, I'd love to get back to that piece.
0: Absolutely. Well, I wanted to start off and I was going to start off with, you know, our favorite self-care quotes. But I wanted to mention this first you know, what is spiritual self-care? And to me, spiritual self-care means connecting ourselves to something meaningful and larger than ourselves and something that kindles a sense of sacredness, even if it's only felt by you. And I say, if it's only felt by you, because one of my most spiritual moments was at a Unitarian Universalist church service many years ago where the guest speaker was talking about the May 4th, 1970 Kent State shootings. And the song we sang right after was "Imagine" by John Lennon. So I was the youngest person there and I was probably my early forties. And as I looked around the room at these spaces of these you know, men and women, many who had been civil rights and women rights activists in their younger years I don't know, there was just something about the lyrics of the song, the way the sunlight dappled through the the room, and and the message that I had just heard, it just really brought me to my knees, and this is tender to me as I tell that story, because in the last couple weeks, I have been brought to my knees again and again, you know, 10 Americans were killed in a mass shooting in a grocery store in Buffalo, New York, on May 14th. The youngest, a 32-year-old woman, 19 young children, and two teachers were killed in a mass shooting at Robb Elementary School in Uvalde, Texas, 10 days later, on May 24th, 2022. And these were children, second, third, and fourth graders, children. And it breaks my heart. Lydia, this is not a political podcast, but I can't don't feel like we can talk about spirituality without bringing up this heartache and shining a light on these atrocities. And I just felt like I needed to talk about that and just bring that out before we move into our conversation.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And you really can't, you know, because I think you and I were where we would normally take this conversation, were it not for how you've just prefaced it. Would be from a very, um, you know, filling your cup perspective. You know, giving yourself permission to fill your cup and, and you know, ownership over your well-being. And then you think about atrocities like this, and you say, well, wait a second, how am I to make sense of this, and how is this going to help me fill my cup, um, and and my well-being, or you know, how how would I speak to the parents of the family of these people whose lives were tragically cut short, you know, and Help them connect to their spirit you know you and I have spoken previously obviously um, you know I have my own journey nothing nearly as tragic um, but tragic nonetheless in terms of sudden loss of someone very dear to me and you know I, I've always believed maybe part of it was my raising you know being raised you know in a, in a Christian faith you know church going I do believe that our spirit is infinite we were here before and this is one lifetime and you know so when i look at it from the perspective of infinity our spirit never dies i mean those people their their physical presence in their human form come into our lives for a time but they are they carry on and their time here was what their time here was meant to be and that was an agreement made outside of our connection to those people if that makes sense at all and so that doesn't change the fact that it's very painful when you go through these experiences. But it was, you know, those people in their human form were meant to be in your life for a time and for a reason. But their journey is their journey. Um, And I really have always felt that I think maybe part of part of my upbringing, part of it, my experiences. And it's the way I look at my own children, too. It would be devastating to not have them in my life. uh, If there was something, some sudden reason that they were to be removed from my life but I would truly believe in the depths of my fiber that their existence still goes on yes
0: yeah. yes
1: yeah. and you know really it's everybody's journey at the end of the day is their own and I think the more connected we can be to our spiritual selves um, maybe hopefully the more more easily for lack of a better word we can come to some level of uh, peace with it all. And really, that's what spirituality is. It's about connecting to your inner peace.
0: Thank you, Lydia. Thank you for those comments. I appreciate that. Well, we're going to jump into our four self-care practices. Now, there are many, many practices that I really felt and as I'm doing each episode, that if we break these down into bite-sized chunks, it just makes absorbing the information so much easier. And and hopefully, you know, people who are listening will take that golden nugget away and maybe try something that they haven't tried before. So I know you love nature. Can Mm -hmm. you talk about spending time in nature? I so can, absolutely, yeah.
1: You know, that's just been something that I've always enjoyed doing in in light of my own journey and, and in some of my more challenging times in my life. Nature really was a go to for me. And it's just this place where I can find solace, um, you know, and, and a lot of people will always say they don't have time. But I just think, you know, there's no such thing. A couple of the things that I, I love to do is set my alarm extra early even if it's only one day a week to take in a sunrise because to me there's just this magic um, and promise of hope when you can start when you can just see a new day arise and you're just surrounded by the quiet of it all And little by little minute to minute you start to see the world wake up you know or you hear the world wake up with the birds chirping and the sun rising and I just think it's a really It just gives me personally a sense of renewal and a sense of um, fresh perspective when I get to be witness to that. So I think, you know, if you can set your alarm early, even just one day, we can go catch a sunrise somewhere, even if you have to go drive to see it, which I do, you know, where I live, I have to go drive to see a really proper sunrise. It's just such a promising way to start a day. So that's one of my favorite things to do. Um, I have a big dog, so I get out all the time. And, you know, I could just walk around the block and which is lovely. It allows me to interact with people but to get down to you know there's some great access points where i live and i always go for them down by the river into the park i get lost in the trails you know now we're all in the season of spring and where i live at least you know everything is so lush and green at this time i love going into the trails you know into the woods and just you can actually smell the freshness of the air you know, when you're in and amongst the trees and it's just so vibrant and you can't help but feel a little bit more alive when you're amongst all of that new growth. Um, So definitely getting out into, into, uh, you know, some green space is amazing. And I always say too, you know, get out and just be a kid again. Jump on your bike, um, let the wind rush through your hair, get lost, don't really have an agenda, just go. Um, You know, those are so many great ways to spend time in nature.
0: You know, as you were describing your walks, I could absolutely visualize that and almost smell the air and the trees. <laughs> you know,
1: and and likewise, you know, it's especially if you get yourself deep into a forest. And I don't mean deep to get lost, but just where there's like you know a lot of trees. Sometimes, you know, with the different seasons, you know, you can hear like the needles falling from the trees, and it's almost like a light raindrop. And it's just this magical quiet, you know, and yet, you know, you're just a stone's throw from civilization, but you can just get lost in it. And I really find it important to take note of those moments and just, and just be present with them and appreciate it, you know, because we have so much abundant nature around us. And it's something that I I personally don't take for granted. It really is my fuel. And I, when
0: we're talking about nature, I was reading this, 2015 study and it was Stanford researchers found that participants who walked in nature versus in a, you know an urban or you know a city setting for 90 minutes they reported lower instances of rumination showed reduced neural activity in the prefrontal cortex you know that area of the brain linked to mental health and mood imbalances and i thought that was really interesting that walking in nature would help with lowering that, you know, having those thoughts that just always go on in your in your mind. But I can see that because you're in the beauty of where you're walking in nature and just soaking it all in. It's really, really easy
1: to be present when you're in nature, particularly if you are in those areas where you can just as I say, taking the smells or, you know, obviously a favorite for a lot of people is being by water. And it's just amazing when you look at the water and you just watch the natural ripple effect of the water and the waves lapping on the shore, you end up, you can find yourself very quickly in somewhat of a meditative trance. And it's a really great place to be because that's where, you know, your blood pressure and your your pulse and your heart rate reduce, everything just kind of levels out, evens out. So it's absolutely good for your health. It's it's a prescriptive um. It's a prescriptive thing that doctors are actually now giving people um, access to, you know, I know I'm in Canada and certainly in certain parts of Canada, there are some magnificent, you know, national parks that have entry fees and doctors are writing prescriptions now for people to give them free access to these parks where otherwise there would be an entrance fee because they're suggesting that it is prescriptive in nature. It does, you know, there is testament to and evidence to suggest that it's beneficial to health.
0: Oh, I didn't know that. That's really interesting, yeah. and it's and it's so needed because, you know, and this is going down a different um, path, so to speak. But not everybody can afford the entrance fees, Correct. so being able to give them that that that's very nice. Mm-hmm. And it's I'm so glad you mentioned water because that is actually going to take us into tip two, and that's journaling. And mm-hmm. I live in Florida. And my goal for this long weekend is to go to the beach and do some journaling. Yay, Cindy. <laughs> yes. so, Good for you. Yes. And, I, and I'm so looking forward to it. And but journaling is that practice of it's keeping a diary or, you know, just getting your thoughts and your emotions and your experience in life down. There's not really any rules about how to do journaling. There's no right way or wrong way if you can make it a practice and it's a way to just process those emotions and in a positive way that creates that creates that opportunity for self dialogue. Like I was journaling right before you and I got on this call and it's always interesting to me. What comes up always interesting. And I have mentioned journaling before, but what I haven't talked about was the different types of journaling. And, you know, there's art journaling where you just really are cutting out pictures and, you know, you're having these images and these patterns, so you don't have to do a lot of writing. Um, It's just purely filled with those images. Or the, now we've all heard of the gratitude journal. But what about a laughter journal? Just writing down things that make you laugh during the day. love it. I love it. And this one is really popular. And it's not one that I've done, but I think I want to try it. And that's a bullet journal. I don't know, Lydia, if you've ever done that. But it's a it's a mix of mindfulness and creativity that you know, it has your notes, your to do list, your reminders, it has doodles. And I thought, you know what, that could be an interesting um, way to do it. Besides, because normally I'm free flowing, you know, whatever comes to mind um, is what I'm writing. But journaling is actually my, um, the second tip in in spiritual self-care.
1: And I'm absolutely with you on that as well. Journaling is something that I have been practicing for quite a number of years now. Uh, You know, morning pages, you know, the minute I wake up, And, and to your point, and I think it kind of it follows that bullet journaling. Sometimes it'll be what's on my mind that I need to get done. Sometimes it'll be about a dream that I had, I'll capture that in my notes. Sometimes it'll be a song, you know, I'll wake up with a song in my mind. And then I try and dig into why is that song on my mind? And, you know, what's the message? I'm looking for the message. It's just a place to free flow. That's a great, great, you know, practice for journaling, you know, but I find with different times in your life, or different things maybe you're going through, it'll serve a different purpose. So I'm always putting pen to paper. So my journaling is more so writing. But one thing that I've done, um, gratitude is, is always in there somewhere. Usually by the end, I'll say, you know, I'll, I'll do my whole dump, you know, whether it's, you know, and I might start, you know, with a little bit of just unloading what's on my brain and then evolve into what this means and what I'm learning and what I'm taking away from all of these thoughts. And then I'll always end it with, you know, grateful. And even sometimes I'll just, I'll just write the word grateful and put a heart beside it. You know, because I am. But, you know, lately, and again, there's just different ways that you can um, honor yourself and and help yourself through, you know, transitional times. What I've been doing in the last little while, and it just kind of helped me get through a specific period in time, was I was writing as my elder self. So I started writing love letters to Lydia and I would write dearest Lydia and I'd write it as if my elder self, you know, 20, 30 years out, looking at where I'm at today because what that does Cindy or what it did for me at least was it allowed me to come at what I'm going through now from a place of love and kindness um, versus a place of judgment. Because sometimes when we're in our current state, really hard on ourselves. And so that journal, that writing exercise becomes one of just really venting, which nothing wrong with that. But if you're coming at it from a place of looking at yourself, you know, looking back at, you know, looking at where I'm at today, but from a a lens of someone who's now lived another, you know, 10, 20, 30 years, whatever it is, I'm saying, you know what, you're doing great. You're exactly, you know, be kind to yourself. I'm coming at it from a much kinder, more compassionate place. So I think that's a really neat exercise, because I just find the the overall tone of the writing when I read back, it's just kind, it's from a place of kindness. And, you know, kindness is never out of style.
0: Yeah, I love that idea of, of how you've been journaling because it does remind me of one of the questions that I, that I do ask, um, and that is, what would you thank your 18 year old self for? And that's basically, you've gone out 10, 20, 30 years looking at where you are right now with that kindness, yeah, and I can see where that is giving you a a total different perspective because when we look back on our 18-year-old self, we're looking back with kindness where we didn't feel kind to ourselves at 18.
1: Right, right. So you're doing the same thing. You're just projecting out. I mean, you know who you are. And, you know, another way of looking at it, Sometimes it's hard to do it for ourselves. But, you know, when people ask the question, well, how would you speak to your child? If this, if this was your child going through what you're going through, what would you tell them? Or what would you tell a friend? Even how would you speak to a friend? So, you know, we, we all know that we are our toughest critics. So I think when you look at it from a lens of someone else, if you're speaking to someone else or from, you know, how will I look at myself 20 years from now? Yeah, you know, I was doing okay. So give yourself that... Uh, to your point that you made in the very beginning about giving yourself permission, give yourself permission to be kind to yourself.
0: Perfect, perfect. I want to talk about five journaling prompts, and for people who are who are driving, you know, just kind of listen to these. But if you're in a place to jot these down, and maybe a couple words out the side them that you could um, journal on a little bit later. And I want to see how these land, as I say these, Lydia, how much you feel about these. Mm-hmm. And it's on our topic today. And that's what's preventing me from having the life I want. What would my life look like if I gave my, myself permission to do that? What can I learn from nature? Who or what is God to me? I'm going to say that again. Who or what is God to me? And how would I describe this higher power? And what spiritual practice do I like to engage in?
1: I love those. Those are great writing prompts.
0: Yeah, I'm going to make sure I have those in the, in the show notes because I thought they were really... A good way if somebody's just wanting to start journaling to get them on that get them going in that process
1: yeah and i and that's so important cindy and i was just going to add to exactly that you know i was going to say a lot of times people don't know where to begin what what is journaling what do i say well you know there's no right or wrong or rule, you just do. Uh, But you know, a lot of times we need prompts and then it just gets the juices flowing and where you land, where you finish your writing might not be anything remotely connected to where you started the prompt, but that's okay. It just got you flowing, right?
0: Yeah, absolutely. All right, so I think we're on tip three. We've talked about journaling, we've talked about nature. And tip three is going to be forgiveness. And I would love for you to talk about that subject.
1: Oh, oh, and I would love to talk about that subject. You know, let's talk about first first and foremost, what is forgiveness? And I think forgiveness really is about releasing feelings of resentment or vengeance. Um, And it's really important to to let that go, you know, whether it's towards someone else that we feel has hurt us or even of ourselves, which I think is really, really important to cover. And I will do that in a second, Um, you know, because the reality is when we hang on to resentments, we only hurt ourselves, you know, and and it's, it's only us that really is hindered from moving forward. And I can speak to you know, more, more, more so myself, I don't really, I don't hang on to resentment toward other people. You know, I don't believe that people are out to hurt you. I mean, again, we spoke about something earlier in terms of context and, you know, the atrocities that are happening in the world. Um, you know, no, can, no one can really understand the mindset behind someone who commits those atrocities, but I feel like there's probably a whole lot of pain going on there that's misunderstood. You know, and, and there's an, an act of there there was an acting out um, because of some pain that maybe someone was suffering. That's a whole other topic for another episode. Um, but you know, with respect to forgiveness and and forgiving of ourselves and of others, you know, there's this thing called guilt that's attached to forgiveness or or to to acts of you know harm, and it can be debilitating. You know, if we hang on to that guilt. I think it's important to hold on to a teeny tiny bit because it allows us to move forward and say, what would we do differently next time around? Right. So to remember, but there's a difference between, you know, forgiving and forgetting. So forgiveness really just hinders you, but don't forget, hang on to what you learned from that experience and what you would do differently next time. And that applies to both forgiving of others, right. And most importantly of yourself. So, if I may, if, if you want me to continue on, you know, people always say, how do I, how do I forgive? And I would say, you ha- number one, first and foremost, focus on what's, what is now. You can't change the past. So whatever happened in the past, be it with someone else that you need to forgive or want to forgive or for yourself, that's in the past. So you can only focus on today and what is, recognizing that you have a choice to do things differently moving forward, letting go you know, letting go, surrendering, acceptance, all of that, that takes practice, that takes conversation, that takes a lot of, you know, positive, you know, talk in your mind. But understanding that letting go, I say let go and let grow, you know, because when you do let go of that, you, def- you definitely grow, you know, um, you find compassion and empathy. You know, when we look at the bigger life, you know, it's, it's the same way I like to look at things in life happening for you versus to you and what i mean by that is you know if you look at things that's happening to you there's this um victim victimization that happens versus if it happens for me and i can find a silver lining and a lesson an opportunity to grow from the experience then it's all good so it's it's a reframe um, but it it takes coaching. It takes it takes coaching, and it takes time, and it takes um, surrender, and it takes spirit. It takes God or whoever you know, whoever you want to connect to that bigger, higher being in your life, to to just have faith in.
0: And do you think that forgiving ourselves? Do you think the reason that's so hard is? Is the guilt piece? We feel guilty about something that we've done.
1: Yeah, because here's the thing: whether it's a, a positive event or a negative event, or positive action, a negative action, everything has a ripple effect, right? Yeah. So, let's say your actions, my actions, caused a negative ripple effect on someone else. That's the part that's hard to let go of, and and. That's my point where I say, forgive yourself, but don't forget. Don't forget that there was a ripple effect on someone else because it'll, it'll remind you the next time moving forward and in, in, in how you do things moving forward that there are consequences. And that goes both ways. So I don't want to just sit in this heaviness of forgiveness because that goes, you know, that, that also applies to positives. You know, When you are acting out of kindness and you are happy and you're filling your own cup, um, you know, that has a ripple effect, too. So everything is, you know, it's, it's that energy in, energy out, right? It's, you know, it's like give and get peace. So when it comes to forgiveness, though, particularly of oneself, yeah, that's why I say guilt, guilt has its place, you know, to be consumed by it doesn't allow you to move forward. So I would say, you know, you really need to, to be able to understand that you can't change what what happened in the past. But don't forget, hang on to a little bit so you can do better next time. Yeah, that's for yourself and for everyone else.
0: I think that's a really good point is reminding people it's in the past and they can't change it. It's what they do here and now. I think that a little bit earlier.
1: Right. Exactly. Exactly. Um, you know, and then one other one that I wanted to, to talk about too, with, you know, the how to's for forgiveness is, um, you know, write a pros cons list. Like, let's say it comes to yourself, you know, and like, what's, what's, what's the, the upside to, to hanging on to this? Is there an, is there ever an upside to hanging on to something that doesn't make you feel good? No, Mm -hmm. I'm not saying let it go and forget, because like I said, there might be other people in the aftermath that are still working through things. But I think if you can find that healthy balance of, okay, I'm gonna let this go. I'm not gonna let it define how my actions moving forward, but I'm also gonna take away from it and do better, you know, and then just show that consistency of effort, you know, that you're trying to do better for, you know, and, then, and that you have learned from, you know, from the the lessons from the past. That's all you can do. Yes. Yeah. Forgiveness is, is really hard, though, you know, and again, it's giving yourself it's giving yourself permission to forgive yourself. It's giving yourself permission to bring practices into your life that nourish your well-being. It's giving yourself permission to be happy. But if you're not going to do it, who who's going to do it for you? And, and I think the thing that I wish I could just like write in the sky, Cindy, and, and paste on everybody's bathroom mirror in the morning is, you know, do what makes you happy. Because when you're happy, there's a ripple effect, like when you're in a good place, you know, and that and I don't just mean, I just mean like when you're in a good place forgiving yourself and doing what makes you happy and filling your bucket and filling your cup. It benefits you, it benefits your health, and it benefits the well being of everyone else around you that you come into contact with. You know, when your cup is running over, everybody benefits.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And going back to um, giving yourself permission, I've been thinking about that a lot and talking about that because that's also one of the places that we we're waiting on somebody else to do it for us. But we have to give our self permission, not wait on permission from somebody else. Yeah. Give ourselves permission.
1: Agreed. Absolutely. And you know, the thing is, Nobody knows you better than yourself. Yeah. Right. Um, and so, who are we waiting for permission from?
0: That's a good journal prompt. <laughs> right. Who, who are we waiting for permission from? Yeah. Absolutely. We're going to move on into tip four, and that's meditation. And I'm just going to talk briefly about this. Meditation has been used for, you know, thousands of years to facilitate healing. And the calming effects of meditation allow the brain and body to work together more effectively, resulting in clarity, you know, a thought, lower our blood pressure, and a calmer nervous system. And it's an amazing tool for cultivating our relationship with our higher power. And I have been meditating more and more and more and I'm finding that it is it is giving me greater clarity it is calming my mind because after I meditate then I journal and I'm journaling about everything that I you know that's come up for me and it's just another way of processing it mm-hmm. and I and I am have just started a meditation class so, I want to go into that and delve into that deeper and deeper because I can absolutely see the benefits of it.
1: Absolutely, I agree. And, you know, when it comes to meditation, Cindy, um, it, it's, it is a challenging practice, you know. And that's what most people will say it's really hard to just still the mind. And I want to go back to something I said, because I think all of these prompts that we talked about, they all do they all do connect. And in particular, when we talked about nature and I was speaking about being by the water and just watching it and getting lost in in the ripples and the waves hitting the shore. I remember I want to share a really Quick little story here because that is where you know the, my my true spiritual practice began, and it wasn't a, a conscious effort to meditate. I was just out in nature, and I remember watching the water and getting really lost in it, and and realizing it was it was in a very traumatic period of my life. And I remember just realizing that I wasn't thinking about my mind, you know, that rumination wasn't happening over and over and over again of what had happened in my life, and I was also not ruminating over the future and what was unknown to me and what was yet to to unfold in my life I realized when I was just in that moment that I was so all of a sudden I was so peaceful and not just peaceful with what had happened in my life but I found this true true sense of inner peace within me and I realized it's because I was in a meditative state I think that's why people meditate so that they can just find that really connect to their inner self and let flow whatever needs to flow or nothing at all just to experience that state of peacefulness, and that is to me what that connection to spirit is. You know, it's it's that place where you just feel so grounded, um, so knowing, and yet there's no thought happening. You just you're just you're just knowing in who you are, and then just in this connection you have to something more powerful than you and higher than you, and yet inherently within you. If that makes sense,
0: perfect sense.
1: And that's what meditation is, and that's why people. And And you'll notice too, and I notice this now when I do guided meditations because I've now moved toward doing guided meditation, um, I can actually feel the the my heart rate really slow down. I can. I can't feel my blood pressure, but you know what I'm saying? Like I can feel my bodily, you know, my physiological systems really settling in when I'm meditating. And it's so interesting to have that awareness, but then to just try not to be too aware of it because then I'm checking into a different part of my brain and I want to stay grounded with what I'm with, with you know, where I'm at, but it's just amazing. And, and things do come at you and it's, it, I find it a very curious practice, I think is the best way I can describe it and enlightening
0: yeah one of the things that's really dawned on me about meditation was people well I'm talking about myself here now you know don't have to sit down the first time and they're gonna do an hour meditation it can be oh. two minutes three minutes five minutes yeah and just get the process going-hmm
1: you know I did a talk once Cindy to try to try, try and um, you know a elaborate on the point of what meditation can be. And it was actually, it was a a keynote delivery. I'm standing on a stage and we talked about meditation. And I said this very thing, I said, people have a really hard time like settling, quieting their mind. And so I did an exercise with everyone in the audience. I had actually put an envelope underneath their seat. And I said, I want you to reach under your seat. Now open the envelope. And inside of each of the envelopes was a little tiny Hershey's kiss. You know, those chocolates wrapped in foil.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: And I said, now I just want you to look at this. And I took them through this exercise and maybe it was a three minute exercise. I want you to look at it. I want you to like, imagine what, what's inside. Now I want you to unwrap it, but don't taste it. I just want you to look at it. I want you to imagine it. Now put it up to your nose and smell it. I want you to imagine what it's going to taste like. Now I want you to pop it into your mouth, but don't chew it. I just want you to like, feel it on the roof of your mouth. I want you to savor it on your tongue. I want you to imagine what it's going to feel like you know, going down. And I just kind of took them through all their senses. But you know, I took them this through like they were so focused on that chocolate. And my point was, my point was, is that, you know, you just meditated on a piece of food, like on a tiny little piece of chocolate, like you just you were so in the moment with it, you were just savoring every aspect of it. And, you know, so I made a joke about, you know, if you have a box of chocolates by your desk, and your boss walks by and says, what are you doing Just say, meditating, you know, (laughs) but you know, there's so many ways that you can meditate. And really, what meditation is, is just being really present and focused on what's happening in the moment and nothing else. That's, that's what meditation is. And then of course, you know, when you can deepen your practice, um, you know, you can, you can just not think about anything at all, but I was just trying to make a point about really
0: being present. No, I think that's a perfect example of just how simple meditation can be if you allow it. Mm -hmm. Exactly. And
1: that's it. And again, you know, permission is kind of a conscious thing. Giving yourself permission, but if you just allow and let flow and let happen, yeah, it's it's so and it's so helpful. Again, we we touched on this, you know, and with respect to how it really does benefit your health. So, it and it really the the big takeaways. It's all intertwined, right? Our well being starts from the inside, but it has a ripple effect on our physical well being, you know, on our functioning, on everything, our mental well being. So it really is all interconnected rather than just focusing on one aspect. And I know this as, as a health practitioner for 25 years, coaching people on healthy living practices through food selection, you know, because I worked as a dietitian for so many years. You know, and then of course the, the lived experiences showed me how much value there is in nourishing your inner well-being and then how they all work together as a whole.
0: I love that you've used the word ripple several times throughout our conversation, because I almost named this, um, this series creating ripples of change through self-care, because you are absolutely right. It all is intertwined and it all ripples out. Mm-hmm. Absolutely.
1: Everything has a ripple effect. And, you know, we, we look at life from the perspective it's so, and, and the, here's the, here's the sort of I don't want to use the word irony, but, you know, we're talking about practices to nourish our well-being and yet, and and they connect us to the, our our most, our innermost essence and and the deepest part of ourselves. And yet in so doing those practices, it has a ripple effect on how we show up. For everyone else so it does really connect us all so even though that practice of connecting to ourselves and doing those things that really nourish ourselves it's really interesting when I when I coach because this is the area that I coach in now and people will say to me so so it's all about you right so it's, I'm like it's all about practices that nourish my inner well-being because then I show up as the best version of me and that has a ripple effect and then I kind of throw it out there to you know, and when people kind of can wrap their heads around that, I throw it out and say, "Don't you want to be part of a bigger worldwide movement for the whole world to be a happier, healthier place? Because taking care of you is is the starting point for that."
0: And how can you say no to that? Right. No. How, and
1: and how how can you call that any how that's how can you call it anything but good?
0: Yes. Yeah. Well, I know that because I am loving this conversation, and I could go on and on. And if you've got time, I wanted to, I I wanted to talk about, because I love quotes and I Mm want to see if you had a favorite one or two self, um, spiritual self-care quotes, because I've got a couple that I wanted to share as well. I do. I do. I do. I have two actually. Okay. And
1: one is, um, really just, it encapsulates everything that we've just talked about. And it is from Eleanor Brown and it says this, you cannot serve from an empty vessel. When you take the time to replenish your spirit, it allows you to serve others from the overflow. Love it. Right? And so in my dietitian terms, it's nourish to flourish, right? (laughs) You know, it's the whole energy in, energy out. We talk about frequency and vibrating and how we show up and the ripple effect, right? so that's the that's the whole idea behind that and then the other one i really like is by someone named miranda j barrett and she says every time you make a commitment to your own self-care your own self-love your own self-respect and you follow through you build more trust in yourself and that is what these practices are they're about knowing yourself right And, and knowing yourself and, 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 you know, and sometimes Cindy, this is a little bit of a sidebar, but it's important to acknowledge. Knowing yourself doesn't mean you love everything that you discover, right? Sometimes you got to wade through a lot of mucky stuff. Um, but really honoring, uh, being honest with yourself about all of you and who you are, um, getting in touch with yourself, knowing where you can shine and knowing where you still have work to do. That's all part of, of being authentic, and when you can be authentic and, and that, that spiritual practice just nourishes that, nurtures it even further, you
0: know, that's how you, you live your best life. Lydia, everything that you've just said, I, I, I totally agree with. And that, everything you've just said brings me to this quote, and it's called, Struggling souls catch light from other souls who are fully lit and willing to show it if you would help to calm the tumult, this is one of the strongest things that you can do. And that's Clarissa Pincola Estes. I think I'm pronouncing that right. But you, you were talking about showing up and, yeah. and that's so important. Yeah. You know, um, I, I just, I,
1: I love having these conversations, you know, you get it, I get it, it's a work in progress. It doesn't mean that because we are maybe in a place ahead of where some other people might wanna be that we've got it all figured out and that every day is golden. It's a moment to moment thing. Um, but I think the more you practice it and you know, you have your, your own toolbox of things and practices and ideas and you know whatever you need to do, to nourish your well-being. I love using that expression. I can't help it. As a former dietitian, you know, it's all about nourishment. Um, you know, you're able to come back to to those in the times where it's tough. And you're also able to, because you're you're really connected with yourself, even when things aren't going great, um, you know that that it's it will pass. I I'd like to finish off often by saying this. I don't necessarily wake up feeling happy every day, like the moment I open my eyes. But every day that I get to wake up, I'm happy about that. Mm-hmm. So, yes.
0: So, Lydia, tell us what's going on with you. I know you've been on the um, podcast before. What's happened since you've been on the podcast? You know, where people can find you? Yeah, absolutely. Well, what's happened since I've been on the podcast
1: is I've been uh, diligently working on, you know, advancing my own um, spiritual practices and, you know, um, enhancing, you know, um, some of my coaching designations. I've added a few more certifications to my, my CV. So, um, you can find me on my website at LydiaNor.com. If you want to connect with me, we can work together one-on-one or in group settings. I love facilitating, Um, you know, group work is something that I'm, I'm strong in that I've done a lot of, a lot of work in. Um, I love one of my favorite areas of practice with people is, you know, people will will walk away from these podcasts and say, okay, but what's the how-to? Like, what, what's the tangible for me today? How do I start this process? And so I think you know a really um, doable way of of working towards that whole connecting to your inner self is aligning with the things that you value and believe in. And I just want to spend a minute speaking about this because you know, we all grow up with belief systems and value systems instilled in us. And we learn new things from people we engage with, our workplaces, our our schoolmates, our friends, our partners, our families, what have you. And a lot of those things will take with us throughout life. But a lot of times life will, will deliver us experiences that make us kind of shift and pivot in a new direction. And again, it's that whole permission piece to say, this is really where I'm sort of feeling more aligned. And so I think it's really important to take stock every so often in your life. And there are targeted like that's the work that I would do with you ways in which you can really get in touch with what you value and align with at this point in your life and then bringing practices into your life that allow you to to honor those, you know, so that you can really live in a way that honors yourself. So that is um, a really key way to start, you know, or to continue that process of just stepping more fully into yourself and living a life that feels really thriving and purposeful for you. And um, yeah, and I'm, I'm also working on some fun things on the side and I'm just going to say, stay tuned, but I'm, I'm hoping to get back on now that the world is opening up again, I'm hoping to get back on some bigger stages and just get out there and inspire, you know, do the things that, that light me up, which is you know, sharing my voice, you know, for the greater good of mankind, and really just empowering people to, to nourish their well being. I know it seems simple, it sounds simple enough, but we don't do it enough, because we are influenced and distracted by a lot of external things in our lives. So to come back home to yourself is such a good feeling. And the more we can do that, again, you know, the more we show up for other people and, and other places in our life.
0: Lydia, I have loved having you on the podcast. I always love talking to you. You are so, so thoughtful, so kind. You used that word kind earlier, but you are so kind and, you know, generous in sharing your wisdom. So I love having you on. So thank you very much. I appreciate it.
1: Oh, Cindy, thank you. You know what? I feel exactly the same way. And that's why I jumped at this opportunity. So let's stay in touch and um, anything else that I can, I can offer in terms of nuggets of wisdom. That's why we're all here.
0: Right. Absolutely. Right. Thank you. Thanks, Cindy. Mm You have just listened to Exploring the Seasons of Life podcast with your host, Cindy McMillan. As always, you can head over to CynthiaMacmillan.com to sign up for our newsletter, as well as check out all the links and resources in the show notes. That's all for this episode, folks. See you next time and live inspired.